I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am buying new clothes in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch from Scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hello. So chipper. Hi. So chipper. So chipper. You know, I don't love this this mo- this time of the month where it's like... It's rainy November. Mm. You know, I, I love the snow and I, I like I like Christmas, but I just feel like trying to celebrate Christmas in November is just it's just sad. You know I feel my like we need another holiday. You know my feelings on that, friends. I am here for it. Caitlin, don't make so me play weird. air horn jingle bells again. I will do it. You also love that we bank 300 episodes and immediately hit the ground running with weather talk. Friends, this is episode 301 of the Geek Down Podcast. Wow. <laughs> if you'd like to listen to any of our other 300 episodes, take yourself wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a little rate review. Follow, subscribe, so it can push us up the algo, help us meet new friends. And when you do that, you will not have to worry about catching episodes of this podcast. Because listen, it's coming. Black Friday, been and gone. Holiday shopping season is here. You don't have time to keep up with your podcast. I don't have time to keep up with my podcast. I just need them brought to me. If only there was a way that this could be done for me automatically. Friends, there is. He rides a rainbow main alicorn named Philip, and he's bringing those episodes. He's flinging them from his festive bag directly to your device. It's your man's. John C. Fasilicus the third geek down internet elf. Oh my god, girl. There's not more there's more than one festive elf. <laughs> distributing prezzies one of them never takes a day off and honestly he loves november (laughs) he loves november yeah he got out of um the christmas game like a thousand years ago (laughs) and ever since he just he's sort of like it's like when you leave retail after many many years and you're just like i never have to do that again oh man i wonder what that's gonna be like friends if you want to send us your favorite posts on the fuck you i quit account Head on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where the show continues to live on the social meds. Tentative. Always tentative. Oh, now always tentative. <laughs> but we're but we're there. If you'd like to support this endeavor financially, ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Throw a few bucks in the old tip jar. Thank you to our friends who threw little uh, congratulatory tips in the old jar, in the old cookie jar last week to commemorate our 300th episode. We love you dearly. Thank you very much. Every dollar is appreciated. I have a new goal now. It is uh, so I can get a $1,000 podcast mixing board with a bunch of colorful lights so I can easily do a mix minus setup so Caitlin, so we can record a double ender. Look at me knowing all my business talk now. I am the smartest man alive! I know. And also, it, we want to do it this way so that I can actually listen to the podcast again. If you're new, Caitlin hates the sound of her voice on the phone. She hates every <laughs> podcast that has been recorded through a phone or VoIP protocol. I suppose that's redundant. It's like saying ATM machine, but through VoIP or phone, Kate hates it. It's been a real rough couple years for her. Yeah. And I've tried multiple times and I've been like, that was a great episode. I'd love to listen to that again. 
yes, I know it seems very like um, self-absorbed to be like, I'm going to listen to my own podcast, but legit, I've listened to it for something in particular and I've been howling at it. Friends, I'm here to tell you, is it vain to listen to your own podcast? I don't know, but we are mere days away from Spotify rap dropping. And I'm here to tell you my number one podcast in my Spotify wrapped will be my own. No shame in the game. No sometimes shame in that game. Listen, sometimes I miss my friend and I just want to hear her talk. <laughs> Even if I'm saying nonsense. And because sometimes you have to save the best stories until you get your friend in front of this microphone. Kate, I have two stories for you that I did not tell you this week. Stories from my life oh, that I did not tell so exciting. you. They both mark a turning point in my life. They both mark a, <gasps> mark a sort of threshold crossing of sorts. Oh, my goodness. One of them awesome. One of them not. Let's start with the not awesome one. Okay. So, friends, uh, you may or may not know that I keep a very tight schedule when during my work week because I have to get up at well before the crack of dawn and like to maximize the amount of time I can stay in bed. So, I basically, first alarm goes off 3.23 a.m. Second alarm Ugh. goes off 3.25 a.m. Also gross. Then I lounge for five minutes and I'm in the shower by 3.30 a.m. Do that up, get out of the shower about 3.45, throw on the clothes, I'm out the door by 3.50. Wow. I don't recommend this in general, but it's it's how I've been getting by for the last uh, year and a half or so. So when you keep a schedule that tight, it really doesn't allow a lot of time to do a full old man stumble ass first out of the shower, pull the shower curtain completely off on your way down, <gasps> fall. No. <laughs> Death stalks you at every turn. Oh, yeah. I'm laughing now because that went about as well as it could. I basically just hit like a clean back bump on the floor, like wrestling style. Oh. oh. <laughs> Didn't crack my head on nothing, but literally I can look back in, in retrospect now and realize that like I experienced it happening very slowly in the moment because it's not the first time I've ever had that. You know, you have that like <laughs> on your like. Yes. On the bathtub where your hero slips a little bit and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So that happened first. It was like. Zip. I went, oh, okay. Oh, no, it's, oh, it's not okay. Oh, no, we're still moving. Oh, we're still going. Oh, I'm tipping. Oh, girl, I'm tipping. Oh. I'm I'm at an angle. I'm. Oh, I'm grab. Oh, I got to buy a whole new shower curtain. This thing is all coming off right now. <laughs> it was literally like when, when, the, when the helicopter paparazzo was snapping photos of Homer when he was trying to hide out. <laughs> Same thing. I took like two minutes <laughs> to just lie there for a second and be like, I just old man fell out of my fucking <laughs> shower. Flat on my back, shower curtain like draped across me. <laughs> shower still yeah. going, water dribbling onto me. I'm like, well, that's a thing that happened. Yeah. I don't even have time to be shaken up about this. <laughs> you gotta get at the door. I have to get to work. That's the a very, also a very old man thing though. <laughs> what? I don't have time to process <laughs> this. I just need to go to work. I still got to get to work. Uh, so that was number one. I do have a lovely new shower curtain now and a bathtub mat. <laughs> I was going to say, you might want to invest or in those like little round things for the bottom of your tub. Yeah. Like the thing that makes a little like, like got little rigid, puts little ridges on your bathtub. Yeah. Yeah. I got one of those. So grandpa can't, <laughs> if grandpa has less likely to slip now. But do it, we might have to invest in like putting a bar. I was going to say, it, it's, it's handle time next. If it happens again, it's handle time. Can't wait for that. 
Uh, so that was the one turning point in my life that was not great. The other turning point that was much better was yesterday mm-hmm. at work at Major Canadian Retailer. Um, it's Black Friday weekend. It's nuts everywhere. And I'm just like on the floor after we, I've said before the bulk of my work days before the store opens. But after the store opened, I was like, there weren't even, there were so many employees there. They weren't even enough, like, you know, scanning units, like, you know, the mobile task units that we use. So all I was basically doing was I was just on the floor trying to triage the messes that people were leaving everywhere. So I'm tidying up a shelf and this customer comes over, Asian woman, asks me, you know, do we have any books for learning English? And I say, yes, they're, they're right over here. I escort her to the section and she holds up her phone. And shows me a book and the specific title she's looking for. And I can't help but notice that she's showing me Amazon.jp. And I'm immediately like, oh, oh, come on, 1300 days of Duolingo. Let's make this happen. (laughs) (laughs) And basically, I'm still, I can't summon the right words because Caitlin knows this always happens to me. You know, I, I, I know Better than beginner Japanese at this point, but like when it comes time to actually use it, eh, eh, doesn't happen. Um, yeah, you have to practice. <laughs> there's definitely so I'm, I'm looking and I, was, I can't find the book, but I do legitimately want to check for the specific book that she's looking for to see if we have it. So I go and gesture to look at her phone so I can get like you know what they call the ISBN number, the sort of ID number for the book. And she kind of goes like, Oh, you know, is it's Japanese. I, I had said, excuse me in Japanese first when I went to look at her phone, but she didn't quite catch that. She said, oh, it's Japanese. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got the trifecta, Kate. The trifecta in the... What's the trifecta? In the Japanese as a second language community. I got... Eh, <laughs> followed by... Sugoi, which is amazing. All I said was, it's okay. <laughs> That's another joke. Daijobu can be used in like any situation. <laughs> really, all you need to know is Daijobu, and you can get through like most scenarios. Um, and then I looked and I checked it and I said, <laughs> I said, Sonohon wa koko ni arimasen. <laughs> and she went, she gave me my first ever in life, Caitlin, Nihongo Jozu. <laughs> oh, really? Because this is a well established fact if you are learning Japanese, if you are. <laughs> A guy Kokujin who can string together a kindergarten level sentence. Native <laughs> Japanese speakers treat you like a bear on a unicycle. They think you are the most impressive thing <laughs> they have ever seen in your life, and they immediately hit you with Nihongo Jozu, which is your Japanese is very good. Which is always very kind of them, even though So kind. Utterly inaccurate yeah. in this situation, but I was so amped. <laughs> And so delighted. And I was like, oh my God, I hope she <laughs> she's still here. Does she need more help? <laughs> <sighs> so it was really a week of ups and downs, Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, I mean. Totally forgot about falling ass first out of my shower. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely a down. Uh, but having uh, a native Japanese speaker tell you that your Japanese is really good. <laughs> Lie to me and tell me my Japanese is good when I literally said like, I think in retrospect, I didn't even say the that book is not here. I think I said that book is not a book. <laughs> <laughs> she got oh, it. She got it though. She got it though. She still yeah. hit me with the Nihongo Jozu. And the yeah. sugo- and multiple sugoi's, which is like amazing or incredible or like, you know, a declaration when something is impressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, hey, you're very impressive. Um Oh, yeah. 
Thanks, Duolingo. Uh, yeah, but that's 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 good. Hey, I understand the ups and downs. I get it. I get it. You know who else has been having ups and downs? Your boy Bobby Chapes. So, but just explain how geek down pod this is. So, friends, we had episode 300 last week. It was beautiful, wonderful time. And we said, up top, there's no news. And there really wasn't. At the time we were recording, there was no news. And much like when we stopped recording 20 minutes before Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars, we were recording in person, chatted with Kate for a bit before she left, gave her a hug, she left, I sat down, I grabbed my phone, opened up Instagram, and saw the story that Disney CEO Bob Chapek has been fired by the board of directors and succeeded by the guy he was supposed to replace, a returning Bob Iger. <laughs> like, that's like the the biggest story of, like, the quarter, really, from, like, a town industry um, perspective, right? Like, Yeah, that's, like, a lot, like, apparently Bob Chapek was very surprised. <laughs> Girl, I bet he was. Um, But... When you think about, so Bob Chapek took over, was Feb- it 2020? February 2020, he took over. Yeah. So he's he's taken over through the whole pandemic. Yes. And there were a number of things that had gone wrong. There were four main things that had sort of been a problem or gone wrong. Um, the first one was his very public sort of feud with Scarlett Johansson. Yes, regarding... The decision to put the Black Widow movie direct on Disney Plus instead of giving it a theatrical release and what that was going to cost Scarlett Johansson in, like, you know, her in cut. In a monetary yes. sense, yeah. And a lot of people were like, oh, she already made a lot of money. That's not the point. They had a contract. Um, and there was no, um, from what I understand and what I've read, there was really no sense that they tried to, like, reach out and talk to her about it and smooth things over. Um, and... This was very different to the way Bob Iger was known to really respect the talent. This is yeah. from animators to actors to, you know, writers. Um, Iger, so that was a big Iger was a creative guy. He was the guy who oversaw, like, bringing Star Wars and Marvel into the Disney fold and all that sort of thing. Um, and Chapek was, like, a lack of a better term, like a bean counter. He was a bean counter from, like, the theme park side. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, apparently wasn't doing great over there either throughout his tenure because well, there was all was, this talk about gouging guests for various things. We we will get to that. We will get to that. So the second thing would be the very public, and this is more recent, the very public issue with the Don't Say Gay Bill. Yes. Um, where, you know, it was found out that they Disney apparently was supporting a lot of the um, – Groups that were behind the Don't Say Gay Bill, they also had not said anything against it. Um, and that was just totally fumbled as well. Um, the third thing was the fact that the parks, um, the cost of the parks and everything, the, the parks, um, all of the freebies used to get and uh, concessions had all gone up by a large margin over the pandemic. Um, and some, there's some understanding that like, that's something that happened because, you know, Disney lost a lot of money during the pandemic. People don't realize just how much money they make on the parks. 
It's a huge amount of their, their revenue. Um, and so they lost huge amounts of money there. And by, you know, Bob Chapek sort of, actually senior correspondent, Chris talks about this all the time, that they, they've sort of pivoted from being a place for middle-class people to wealthy people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when we went, it was, it was pricey, but it was actually like for what you got, I actually thought it was, it was less expensive than I thought it was. And now it's basically, apparently they have, they have another, uh, like this was before Bob Iger came back. Um, they were having another price increase. So it will be basically a hundred more dollars than when we went uh, like quite a few years ago. Um, and that's, huge when you think about that's like the price for one person and then you try and take a family of four like that is and again that's just the price to get into the parks you used to get things something called a fast pass basically where you got to skip the line for like three rides um and that's done away with you have to pay extra for that again the concessions and i mean they allow some food in the park but it's still you know hard to sort of manage all that when you're vacationing um, so just going to the parks now has become really prohibitive if you're even in the middle class. Um, finally, the fourth thing, um, is that Bob Chapek, and I don't know, I don't have the full understanding behind this, has released most big releases, even after the pandemic has, you know, has died down, people are going back to theaters has released most full-length feature films on Disney Plus, as opposed to releasing them in theaters. And to give you an example of why this is a problem, is that every time they do this, they lose millions, possibly billions of dollars um, by not having it run in theaters. Even if it's like a two- or three-week run before coming to Disney Plus, that's a lot of money. And apparently this has meant that they, for the second year in a row, they had lost money and you know how, you know, investors are, they well, really don't like losing money. Yeah. Let's get, let's give that proper figure here. Um, so there was a, uh, investor call, um, about two weeks ago with an earnings report that sent, uh, Disney stock prices plunging. Uh, this article is from the ringer. Um, subscriber growth for Disney plus was up, even exceeded expectations and projections, but apparently, you know, post pandemic, the whole like growth model where you like bleed gallons of money all over the place and never turn a profit, but you show growth and that, you know, gives the promise that there will be money later, um, with, a global recession looming at every moment. It's not, uh, investors are not super keen on that as much as they used to be anymore. Disney plus lost, uh, $1.5 billion last quarter. Yeah. That and is a lot of that doubling its losses lot, from the year before. A lot of that has to do with not releasing things in theater. So even things like that people had been really excited for like Hocus Pocus too, even if that had been a limited release or like I said, uh, two weeks and then goes to Disney plus people would still be signing on for Disney plus. They're not signing on for D- to Disney plus for Hocus Pocus. 
but they would probably go see it in theaters because going to theaters is a thing more and more people are going back to do. It's a great family activity. Um, you know, and so the other thing has to do with the amount of advertising you sort of have for theaters. So, you know, you sort of get this free buzz when things go into theaters. Um, there's just a bunch of different things in that. And, um, yeah, I think a combination of that, a combination of looming um, cuts to Disney's staff, um, they'll probably be laying off a bunch of people. Um, and just, it looks, it just looks so bad um, that they were, you know, the, uh, the board, I think, I think did the right thing though. I remember way back when we, he first came on, we were like, Oh, I don't know. I was like, should we get into business, Jordan? <laughs> like, should, do we, do we know better than the, the board of directors of Disney that what, what's good and what isn't? Um, but anyways, it's, yeah, it's been really fascinating um, to sort of see See so, that and yeah. see what the media spin can do on it, right? Iger set to speak to the rank and file uh, at Disney apparently on Monday as we're recording this. So we'll see what the what the Tinseltown wags have to say about how that went when the reports <laughs> in, inevitably come out. But the early take on Twitter seems to be that like for creatives, especially like on the animation side, never forget JPEG who was the one who was like, adults don't want, want to watch animation. Um <laughs> Ugh, he right. he that, was he was that just, dude too. Um, God, is he going just to a man born with the, his foot in his mouth? Right, like. <laughs> well, Iger, who seems to be a little more uh, deft with the creative side of the business, uh, smooth over some of those formerly ruffled feathers. We will have to see. But yeah, that was uh, once again another story of another example of a major story that the Geek Down should have talked about last week. But we couldn't because it happened as soon as we stopped recording the podcast. Yeah, Kate. Yes. Did you watch anything this week? I did. Did you? I did. I was surprised by what I watched. Oh. Um, some of it old. You know me. Of like things I've watched before. Some of them not in my wheelhouse. Not things I usually like, but have been interested in. Um. And one suggestion from senior correspondent Chris that I was like, why? Why, though? <laughs> so I'll get into the old thing. Um, it's Digging for Britain. It's the show about archaeological digs on in, in Britain, obviously. Um, and they just – it's just super fascinating. Anyone who's interested in history, anyone who's interested in um, the, you know, Roman – conquest of Britain and, or the Roman, um, Roman Britain, as they call it, uh, just they, there's a lot of digs. There's a lot of things that they found. There was a whole episode on finding basically a part of the old, um, Roman city of London, which they called Londinium, um, under current London. That was absolutely fascinating. Um, so yeah, and they found like so Romans used to use wax tablets um to like write letters and stuff. And they found a bunch of them and could like were able to figure out like they could see what was written and some of it was just like complaints about about like trade or letters about trade. Some of them were like kids practicing their letters. It was just super fascinating. Sidebar. Yeah. Did you see that woman on TikTok the other week who became like the internet's main character for like saying that Rome didn't exist or that the Roman Empire was like a hoax? 
Senior correspondent Chris just told me about that. <laughs> I don't understand. I'm not, I'm not going to go into it because I don't have it in front of me, but it was like the best like academic historical beef you could ever find. We're just this, this, I don't know her credentials if they exist, but she was just out there basically like showing an example of something and was like, that's clearly Greek. And then it cuts to like some you know historian with a PhD who's like, you can see it's Latin. <laughs> Yeah, you can make out the first three words like this to me. This is like the same thing when people are like, the earth is flat. I just I'm like, I can no longer talk to you. (laughs) Like, I'm not allowed. The best with Um, with this historian that I saw was like he was using her as like, this is an example of how conspiracy theorists just use their tone to like make you doubt what's in front of your own face. Right. Um. And yeah, historian beef is is a it's a wild time. Is is a wild time. Well, if you are on the side of Rome definitely existed, um, which I hope you are, then you should watch the show because it's a lot of fun. Um, I ventured into the world of mind your manners. Excuse me. It is a new show on Netflix all about this woman who I believe she's originally from China. Um, but she teaches people how to become a little bit more refined. Oh my God. Whether it's from like how they dress to just how they, uh, act in certain situations. She also has this group of women of Chinese women who are, it's sort of their like parallel to what's going on in the episode. So she will, um, it, tell them how to how to say things properly in English or in French. She's this woman is multilingual. I can't remember her name. But the first episode was really interesting. Um and I may continue watching um just because of course manners fascinate me. Um and yeah it's it seemed a little you know life channel touchy feely everyone cries and hugs at the end. Um, but I think some of the lessons were really interesting, and I'm I'm sort of fascinated by 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 manners. Um, next is uh, this. I continued watching Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Um, delightful show. Shit, you probably you probably ahead of me at this point. Uh, I think I'm at episode five or finished episode five. Okay, yeah, I'm at about eight. So, oh, okay, so not quite. Um, I I. I watched two things. Like I said, one of them was a suggestion from senior correspondent Chris. That is not something I would ever do. But one was the first episode of Cabinet of Curiosities. Okay. That's the Guillermo del Toro anthology. Yes. And he opens, yes, and he opens it like Hitchcock. And I love it. It's very like Hitchcock, Twilight Zone, like introduction. Um, the first one was interesting, but they are creepy. Like they are horror horror anthology um and then i saw clips from the ones coming up and i was like nah not happening (laughs) too scary for caitlin um in that in that realm um i watched nope oh how was that um it was amazing (laughs) (laughs) it was amazing and from a filmmaking perspective unbelievable like if you have any interested in film and it wasn't creepy 
there were some gross parts. There were some little bit of creepy parts, but it wasn't creepy. Like, like even I've seen large swaths of get out, like even get out, I think was a little bit scarier at some points. Um, I had some amazing characters. Um, yeah, it was just, it's an, a great film. Just even just being a film. Um, so if you're interested in like horror and filmmaking, absolutely take a look at that. And finally, as I save it always for the end, Andor. Caitlin? Yeah. What what do we even have left to say about this show? Um, you're not gonna like my opinion. <laughs> you didn't like the ending? Uh, it was all right. What a twist. <laughs> I like it was it was fine like it was good I I enjoyed it but I wasn't You're going to tell expected... me you weren't flipping tables at holographic Fiona Shaw just like <laughs> cutting a promo on the empire from beyond the grave <laughs> Um I loved the chaos of the of the two sides Caitlin I missed um, I missed it up during her little thing during her little hologram self eulogy when yeah. man's chucked that bomb and it blew up the artillery, I gasped. Well, that I was gasped, good. Caitlin. <gasps> I will we say had a Jordan gasp. I, I did have a Jordan gasp. I don't even have a drop for that. I don't even know if that sounds like. <gasps> <laughs> this happens so rarely. Um, I I can grant that maybe <laughs> for a show called Andor, he's really not in it that much. He was in it an okay man. Like I I. I know that they were sort of wrapping things up. I get that. And I don't think they did a bad job of that. I think it ended things in a really good space. Um, and I'm super excited for next season. Um, and again, there wasn't anything. I can't even point to anything and be like, oh, I just like this. I just, I guess I thought there would be more. I, I thought the second last episode was more exciting. Yeah, um, than total opposite. I thought the second last episode was like. A pause, penultimate, I guess. Um, just a pause. Maybe, to maybe like... that whole ship thing <laughs> near the end when his ship just like basically, uh, what it had oh. like rockets on it, like lightsaber his light, wheel. His lightsaber wheel, yes. Maybe um, it had something that. Um, I don't know. I don't, I th- the I whole the whole good. thing where like the procession starts early. And the anvil's going, and they're playing the music, yeah. and it's cutting between all the different areas, and this music keeps I really, playing. I really liked that. I did. I did. And I thought that was well done. I thought it was very, um, you could sort of, you could feel it. Um, again, I can't point to anything I didn't like. I just, I don't know. I guess because I like the show so much that I was <laughs> like, oh, maybe it wasn't long enough. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Um, sidebar. I love you more than anything you could ever do is the most beautiful series of words in a sentence I've ever heard in my life on a oh, Star Wars show. On I a Star Wars show, part. y'all. Yeah. I mean, if Fiona Shaw told me to fight, I'd fight. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't think the droid was making it out there. I didn't think the droid was making it out, Kate. I know. Very stressful. Oh. Very stressful for me. The, that ending bit where what uh, we keep on calling him Mall Cop. Uh, mall cop saves um you know bitch of the universe saves saves her life and like just the like i i i think i'm supposed to say thank you and he's like you don't have to and i was like what is going on (laughs) is this horny or not i don't understand it (laughs) um 
listen, as we as we close out 2022, never forget, y'all, Andor's red. <laughs> those, <laughs> those dogs those, agree. Do, those dogs agree. Andor's red. Five barks out of five barks. Um, what else did I get into? Um, maybe it's because of the current season at work. I just want to feel seen. So there's been a whole lot of uh, superstar reruns as background noise in my life. Amazing. All the superstars just sitting on Netflix. I've just been letting that that run run over me for at the end of what's a nice little noncommittal thing I can just have going on in the background while I while I turn down before I go to bed. Superstore quality sitcom. Um, what else did I watch? I read something this morning. Oh. Um, most consistent man at work was telling me about a graphic novel he had seen, and he. he he pulled it out, and he's like, that looks odd. I know these characters, but what's happening here? And who's this author? And then he flipped the back and read from the author of The Flintstones and the Snagglepuss comic, which are two of the best comics I've ever read in my life. I know how yes. that sounds. What? I know how that sounds. We know how that sounds. I know how it sounds. To Go say the, back and listen to those episodes. Say the Snagglepuss Chronicles was one of the best comics I've ever read, <laughs> but it was. Um, so this is by Mark, Ru- the, uh, the writer, Mark Russell. It is called one star squadron. And it basically is looking at how some of your, uh, lesser known heroes in the DCU make ends meet when they are not, you know, oh my God. the top tier, you know, how much we like that people. Um, so it's red tornado running a yes. agency called heroes for you. Um, which is features, uh, Who's in there? GI Robot is maybe the best, the best character in there. GI Robot's in there. The Heckler, Power Girl is in there for some reason. I can't. They ask her what she's doing there, and she gives a reason at one point. But, um, and Red Tornado is like the manager, and it's just kind of like, it's commentary on the gig economy and the idea ideas of heroism and just trying to play the game of capitalism and whatnot. It was not. It did not smack me in the face as much as like the Flintstones or Snagopus did, but definitely by the end of it, I was like, okay, now it's coming together. Now I'm feeling it. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's only six issues and it was a really good tight, like spend an hour and a half reading it on a Sunday afternoon type of thing. Guys like Tom King, he's never really written something. Well, no, Tom King wrote that Heroes in Crisis book that I don't know if I'll ever forgive him for, but just leave Wally alone. Everybody ever all the time. <laughs> Leave Wally West alone. <sighs> I think they are, though. I got to catch up on that, but I think they are. Um, Justice for Wally West. We're at One Star Squadron. Another odd thing, the, the, the grown-up selection of the week is uh, on Disney+, Plus. the star portion, because it's originally on FX, and that is the uh, televised adaptation of the novel Fleischman is in Trouble. Um, there are three episodes out. I've only seen the first two. Uh, I haven't read the book either, but the book made a uh, pretty decent impact when it hit. I feel like it was uh, pretty popular. So uh, the novel came out in 2019. It was written by Taffy Brodesser Ackner, who also is adapting is adapting her own novel for the show. And I think that definitely has a lot to do with why it's so good and well-written. Um, stars Jesse Eisenberg, Lizzie Kaplan, Claire Danes. And what a comeback performance for Adam Brody. Seth from, oh. the, Seth from the OC. Yeah. <laughs> Playing another character named Seth. I wonder if that's probably intentional, but... He's really crushing it. Uh, it's basically uh, Jesse Eisenberg is Toby Fleischman. He was married to Rachel Fleischman, played by Claire Danes. And it's kind of the two threads of the story are one, they have gotten a divorce and it is Toby now 
navigating the app life and discovering ah. discovering what it's like to suddenly have luck with women at that point in his life. A lot of Eisenberg ass in this show. Um, and oh, I know there's got to be a segment of the world that is very excited about <laughs> very that. Very amped about that. Yeah. Um, and low-key bubbling below is it's taking place kind of over this one weekend or week weekend where his wife, Rachel, played by Claire Danes, has dropped the kids off and kind of like gone MIA. And he doesn't know where she is or what's happening. She's not picking up her phone. He's stuck with the kids. He's navigating that. Um, and it's kind of narrating is the Lizzie Kaplan character, who's an old friend of his from high school, who he's reconnected with. And uh, Adam Brody plays another one of their friends. They're like a trio of friends who have all kind of reconnected after his divorce. And the, I believe both the book and the show will do this thing um, where it's going to, the perspective will pivot, right? Like you're, you're kind of with Toby the whole time seeing his version of events. And then it's going to try to kind of like flip and you learn more kind of about what Rachel's perspective might've been. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a grown up ass show. It is not, it's dealing with big themes and big concerns, but the chat, the cast is uniformly charming. Um, performances are great, super well written. It, didn't need three episodes to know what it was, which is maybe the highest form of flattery that this show can give. Like from jump, yeah. it was like it knew what it was doing. Um, so, I mean, yeah, if you're looking for some good adult New York type drama, Fleischman is in trouble. It's on your Disney Plus. Uh, also on your Disney Plus, possibly just going completely in the other direction. The last thing I watched this morning was the Guardians Christmas special. <laughs> I see. I'm waiting for all that for December. December's a long month, y'all. <laughs> it is a long month. And I watched it more because I wanted to see another example of one of these like Marvel special presentations, right? Like this is, this is in similar, similarly to werewolf by night. This is just a one-off. You really don't need to know anything going into it. It is. I saw somebody mention online that it's like Marvel has figured out how to do the filmed equivalent of like the annual. So like, Comics would always have annuals every year, which were usually just maybe they were like all the X-Men books would have an annual and they would tell a different crossover throughout them. Or sometimes the annual was just like a single one and done story, just a little extra something. And that's right. what, and that's what these are. So this is just Drax and Mantis uh, trying to save Peter's Christmas by bringing him Kevin Bacon. Yes, I that, did see the trailer. That's it. <laughs> it's like 50 minutes and done. I will say my only, my critique is twofold. I have not seen Guardians 2, so maybe I'm, I'm like not as familiar with the Guardians language as I once was, um, but I'm much more familiar with the James Gunn in Peacemaker mode. Yeah. So James Gunn putting the muzzle back on himself a little bit, maybe not as funny to me. Um, I still laughed a couple times. It was still enjoyable, but like it does a lot and like it's 50 minutes and I I know he's supposed to be sad about Gamora. Chris Pratt does not seem like very interested in being there. Um, important uh, thing to sort of put it up against. Is it better than Hawkeye? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, will say, oh, I will say 50 minutes of the Guardians Christmas special is better than eight hours of Hawkeye. Yes, I will say that. Oh, my God. Amazing. And that's with the Kingpin in it, y'all. 
You know, I only got through, I think, the first or second oh, episode. Man. It was just the first episode. I might have to go back this Christmas. God, yeah, and that was with the return of the King of D'Onofrio as Kingpin. God, not even that could save it. <laughs> Tough break, Hawkeye. Well, friends, that's probably the last bit of happiness this uh, episode of The Geek Down is going to have, because after this break, November Crapathon limps and whimpers to its end with the textbook definition of something I thought was a good idea at the time. <laughs> after this break... Oh, God help us. We're going to talk about cats. Cats. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. This week, special treat from Jordan. <sighs> Thanks, Jordan. Yeah. It's cats. But before I'll, we get into I'll, it. I'll talk about it. But before we get into it, we have some rules. Mm-hmm. The first rule, the rule of three, does not apply this week because it is a film. Yes. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That is the rule that we will not talk about this thing until we are sitting in front of these microphones. No matter how much we want to yell at him. <sighs> We don't, because we want to save it for you guys, so you get the freshest of takes. The third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's just more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers. If you <laughs> have any concerns about getting a two-year-old movie adaptation of a 30-year-old musical spoiled for you, please... Of a book that came out, I think, in like the 1940s. Please... Leave us your address on our Twitter page so I can go to your house, no matter where on earth it is, and slap you in the mouth. And meanwhile, I just tell you to get the fuck out. He will cause physical damage I won't to sl- your body. Okay, I won't slap you in the mouth. I will shake the shit out of you. But... Yes. So, Jordan, tell okay. us about tracks. Okay, so like... I don't know how, like I I mentioned before, I mentioned on last week's episode that it's just like when I was thinking of like, what's bad, what's bad that we could watch and be fun. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, what's, what's been bad recently? I said, oh fuck, Caitlin, that cat's movie came out. We got to watch the cat's movie. Yeah. I'd like to take this opportunity to publicly apologize to Caitlin McKinnon (laughs) because y'all Southland Tales was more fun than this. Y'all, this is... Cats, which is a 2019 musical fantasy film based on the 1981 stage musical of the same name by Andrew Lloyd Webber, which in turn was based on the poetry collection Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot, which came out in 1939. The film was directed by Tom Hooper in his second feature musical following Les Miserables. Uh, From a screenplay, who cares? It features an ensemble cast, including James Corden. Judy Dench, Jason Derulo, Jason Derulo, Idris Elba, Jennifer <laughs> Hudson, Ian McKellen, Taylor Swift, Rebel Wilson, and Francesca Hayward in her film debut. Uh, oh, I'm not reading all of this regarding the plot. It's about a bunch of fucking cats who sing and dance, and one of them is going to get reincarnated. That's the end. Um, yeah. Caitlin? Yeah. 
I, I come mm-hmm. I come at this from a bad place already because we know I don't really fucks with musicals in general. Right. You do right. a little more. I will. I will. I think I remember talking about this on the show, but when I was a kid and I had a cat shirt. Yes. And I had seen the commercials on the TV. Yo, yeah. Because listen, here's another reason why I was fascinated to watch this because. Of that commercial. We were probably watching similar commercials, you in the 90s, me in the 80s, because this show ran forever. Yeah. It is one of the Um, longest musicals, Broadway musicals in history, and like toured forever. And every time Cats would come to Detroit, they would show this commercial that made it look like a fucking P-Funk concert. It was just weird. (laughs) There was synth music. There was smoke. There was one, I remember one jumping cat. It looked like Um, a spaceship of some kind. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And and, and at the end, it would be like, cats. The eyes with with that cat's script. And And and, And that's the shirt I had. It was a pink shirt. And it was a crop top. And it had like, you know when the it's cut and then it's like knotted? Like very eighties, nineties. You had a beaded fringe. It wasn't. It wasn't beaded. It was just knotted, but it was a fringed crop top. And like I was a chubby kid, so my tummy like fully, <laughs> fully was out. Um, but I loved this shirt, and I desperately always wanted to see the musical. I think I saw part of it on TV because I was obsessed with it for ages. So I think when we we talked about this, because what. It, I first found out they were making a musical, uh, like a TV or, or film musical version of it. I was like, I think I was excited. And then as I found out more and more, it slowly like grew to horror <laughs> and like why. And then I found out, I found out some of the greats were in it. And I was like, oh, maybe this will be good. And then it came out and we knew it was not. Um yeah, so it's one of those things, and I can think you can say this for for many things. This should never have been a film. I here's my thing. I don't even have a problem with the movie. Fair. I because the movie did what the movie came here to do. I don't have a problem with what the fuck's his name, Tom Hooper, or anybody who worked on this. I know there was a lot of controversy at the time about the the CGI and the effects. Listen, I try to be more gracious to CGI and effects teams these days because it's the the horrible crunch that they are perpetually under to make these things all the time. I try to give them grace. My issue is with the source material existing at all. How much PCP was Andrew Lloyd Webber on? Well... This is the man who made a musical with people on roller skates going 40 miles an hour. You know, I just heard that they're on roller skates, but they are supposed to be sentient roller coasters. Yes. I just learned um, that detail about Starlight Express. Yes. And, and like, like think about it, Phantom of the Opera, right? That thing is wild. Um, like this dude is held up as one of the greatest contemporary composers of the last like 30 years. And this and- is trash, Caitlin. Well, it's, it's, it, I don't think it's trash. I think it's wild weirdness. And if, if I've just, it's funny because I just watched this YouTube mini documentary on, on theater, right? And that like the eighties was wild. It was like, how big, how weird can you go? Um, 
basically there was like a there was like two main people there's andrew lloyd weber and stephen sondheim and sondheim was very like traditional i guess and andrew lloyd weber could like do no wrong basically um but then you think look at something like you know jesus christ superstar and it's a phenomenal production Listen, that's the only one i fuck with and fun fact mr malash and i both uh played jesus and judas respectively in an amateur production of jesus christ superstar that's amazing. Um, I am using that all the time just to make me feel better in life. Um, I'm just going to take that one out and just, you know, be smiling on the bus. I was like Judas. Crazy. <laughs> I sang the title track. Amazing. I fucking crushed um, it. But Cats is very, like, time and place, very, like, theatrical, that I don't think translate to film at all. At all. And even, and even... So so people know they, they had to, like, have this this character called Victoria, this new cat. That cat does not exist what? In, in the play. There is no what? new cat. You just get introduced to these cats. Oh, my God. There's, like, kind of a loose Are plot. Are you like, fucking serious right now? I don't think it was just PCP. I would think they were trying to, like, level themselves out. Caitlin? So like, PCP, and then they'd hit... You know, they 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 do some shrooms, and then they're like, you know, we really need to get this done. Let's hit some cocaine because this thing is even more. Um, what's the word for it? Even more has a more storyline than even the play does. Caitlin, the musical does. What the jellical fuck? <laughs> My God, it's just stuff happening stuff just happening for yeah. no reason so the basic plot is yes they hold a fucking that they're called jellicles for some reason what's a jellicle i don't the know je- the jellicle cats I don't know. it's one they type have a of jellicle cat, ball yep and at the ball they decide who goes to the heavy side layer i guess how yeah. much how much pcp was how much i guess it was powdered opium was t.s Eliot on when he was writing this <laughs> just hitting chilling out in the opium den riffing like jay-z off the dome well, he lied there in a haze watching a stray cat go walking by a window. <laughs> because, yeah, so it's everybody It's everybody auditioning to be selected for by Old Deuteronomy, played yep. by played by Judy Dench, who will decide who goes to the heavyside lair, which I guess you just, you just ride a hot air balloon <laughs> off into the sunset. That's what that is. Um, yeah. And your villain is Idris Elba playing McCavity. Who wants to be the one who's chosen? Why? I don't know. Reasons. Just does. He's you a, don't need to know. Just watch. He's Sit a, down, shut up, and watch. He's a villain. That's why. Um, and everybody just auditions. And it was around the time that the the railway cat, who we have never seen before this moment, just shows up and gets like a 20-minute dance number on a train. Yeah. This is all run out to a train right quick as he sings to us about how wonderful trains are. I'm like, what am I doing with my fucking life right now? Mm-hmm. I've given th- 300 plus hours of my life to this show, Caitlin. And this is the first time I've ever questioned what I've been doing. That's some um, impressive. <laughs> this was God awful. This, this did something that I've never done before. I tapped out. I, <gasps> I finished it. I finished it. But the first segment, the first installment on Thursday night, I, I don't know where in the hell, uh, probably around the twins. 
the twins or something or or rebel wilson it was either rebel wilson or the twins i was like that's enough cats today so okay i thought it was bad of course i did but i didn't think it was as bad as i thought it would be was this your first experience with the production and stuff you'd seen the production already or no no i i I think i think when i was a kid i'd seen parts of it because i remember maybe i had seen like on tv or something they'd like put out like a was a couple of the songs or maybe i saw it on a video I mean, at yeah some point okay like I, everybody knows memory and, and memory is legitimately a good song i'll give memory its flowers yes and, and like and i think i, I knew the rhythm the melody to the magical mr mustafa's oh, like I sorry think- yes i sorry i think it was last year chris and i watched it or maybe when the pandemic first happened <laughs> Chris and I watched it. Yes, it's, it's all coming back to me A now. lot of us made very wild decisions during the pandemic <laughs> years. <laughs> well, we were trying to do this fancy, like, once a month, like, we'd go out to a thing. And this was, like, the stage production. Right. Senior correspondent got this all lined up. We watched Cats. And I think he'd seen it before. Um, and I hadn't. And it was as it was wild. And I think I talked about it on the show. I must have talked about it on the show. Um, it's weird what memory, like what your, your brain is like, no, we don't need to, we don't need that. We're just going to throw <laughs> that out. Um, put that away. Uh, so yes, there were things that were familiar. Um, it was the rebel Wilson and I can't remember his name. The British guy who has his own talk show, James Corden. James Corden, I was like not here for it at all. Um, and there was something to be said about oh, and also, no, we don't need breakdancing cats. You don't need to put breakdancing into everything just to make it cool. That's like, you know, a sixty year old boomer trying to like get in on the lingo. Like Listen, that's not okay. Rum tum tugger is for the streets, y'all. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> there's so many things. But but one of the things was that a lot of the choreography and the singing and the, like this singing and the dancing, like a lot of that was great and fun. But the whole time, the weird CGI'd outfit fur and the weird shaped heads where it looks like their face was too big for their head. Yes. That just throughout the whole film, you couldn't get away from it. It would have been better, I think, by far if they had just put them in makeup because it so suffered from that. Some people had called it uncanny Valley and I don't think it's uncanny Valley. I think it's just, it doesn't move properly. It doesn't look right. Um, it doesn't look good in lots of spots. Oh, and they gave Victoria and, and Mr. Mistopheles a love story. They're cat. They're cats. Just <laughs> no, no, yeah, and then they they ruined Mr. Mistopheles' song. Um, yeah, it was just it was weird and not fun. <laughs> weird and not fun, I think, is probably <laughs> the most gracious uh, summation of what this experience was like. Um, so on Rotten Tomatoes, Cats is a three point nine out of ten. The critical consensus reads, despite its formidable cast, you're fired. This cat's adaptation is a clawful mistake that... Is this fucking like... Oh. This is like when the morning news guy gave his like five minute uh, 
<laughs> movie review. Despite its formidable cast, this Cats adaptation Ugh. is a clawful mistake that will leave most viewers begging to be put out of their misery. Who is the fuck? That's from Fandango Media. I will <laughs> add you to the list of people who are getting the shit shook out of them. Fandango Media. <laughs> Just about to say, Jordan's going to find you, too. Um, Variety called the film, quote, one of those once-in-a-blue-moon embarrassments that mars the resume of great actors. Poor Idris Elba, scarred, scarred enough as the villainous McCavity. And trips up the careers of promising newcomers like ballerina Francesca Hayward, whose wide-eyed, mouth-agape Victoria displays one expression for the entire movie. Yow. Yeah. I don't think anything could hurt Idris Elba's career. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, it's a total heat check. That was a total heat check for him. Yes. He's like, how much you want to bet I can play McCavity in a film production of Cats and still be the next James Bond? He did it well. I mean, I don't know what they're, who's going to be the next James Bond, but he could do it. Halfway there. Um, Hollywood Reporter called it one of the 10 worst films of 2019. Critic Peter Travis says it easily scores as the bottom of the 2019 barrel and arguably of the decade. And the Detroit News called it Battlefield Earth with Whiskers. Ooh. <laughs> so, as far as punch kicks... Oh. I don't even know what to say. You notice that we really haven't talked about the movie itself this entire time because we're just like, I think we're both too scarred to really talk about it. Like, yeah, well, the really, there's nothing to talk. It's nonsense. It's it, all it's, nonsense. There's nothing resembling a plot. It's just it's the worst. It's the thing I hate about musicals the most. Which and it's one of those musicals that has very little. I mean, Jesus Christ Superstar was like this, too, where it's literally song top to bottom. Everything is communicated by a song. There's no dialogue. I think they added a little bit here and there. Um, but everything or is it's supposed that, to... it's that dialogue singing? Yes. Everything is supposed to be communicated through the songs, um, which doesn't really... Think, for me, it's, you ain't going to get an emotional connection with the characters uh, from me, even when they're not covered in weird CGI cat effects. Um how who how why how why and you you present like in the 80s you presented this to investors it's like okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna put them all in jumpsuits and fur and they're gonna pretend to be cats for two hours but if you look at their costumes the costumes are great in that musical (laughs) like they're so good I mean, I think this is what happened to a big generation or a big part of our generation is like this is why we have furries it's because of cats um because those cash costumes were amazing. And maybe that's just made it like I couldn't really fuck with Beastars <laughs> when I tried to watch that too. Maybe it's just me. That's why. Maybe. Maybe I just can't get, maybe that's, I mean, whatever floats your dinghy and that's just not my jam and I don't really can't, really can't. But the, po- the, the point is this movie is just, it's nonsense and it doesn't, because you don't get the sense of spectacle that you would get from seeing a musical in person. It's not fun nonsense. Well, I think it's fun nonsense if you're if you're there and you're in the 80s but and I you're mean, probably I mean, on cocaine. I mean, like, you're not... There's no salvaging of Cats. You're not going... No. Cats is not going to be the next, uh, you know, midnight, you know, midnight madness screening at your local uh, art house theater. No, no. You, sorry. Yes, you were absolutely correct. There's no. This is not a fun hate watch. This is just. Also, this is just exhausting. Should be said. I've seen on Instagram uh, the first Twilight movie appears to have entered that pantheon. 
Oh, it's so bad, Jordan. It's so, so bad. De- definitely uh, Instagram stories I've seen of, like, girls in their mid to late 20s going to rewatch the Twilight, the first Twilight movie. Oh, I remember, looks, I remember looks who mad, I saw it with. Looks mad fun if that's your jam. That looks really fun. Hate watching, uh, hate watching Twilight with a crowd seems to be... Seems to be a dope time. Uh, hate watching cats with a crowd would not be a dope time. There's nothing. <laughs> there is nothing. There is no good circumstance to watch this movie in. Is what I'm saying. Uh, oh dear. So it's like a it's like a three. Oh yeah, same. And that's hundred percent. That's you no know, fuck two it. It's a three. two. I first said I first thought two, and then it's I thought two. it'd be nice. Yeah. But it's a two. It's a two. Even if like, like I even think they did Jennifer Hudson bad. Like, she was like, I mean, like, listen, Jennifer Hudson is Jennifer Hudson. Like, she shows up, she sings memory. I'm like, yeah, okay, great. I had the subtitles on. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah. No, you it's are so weird. You are singing weird. it beautifully. But what are these words that are coming out of your mouth right now? This is just abhorrent. Like, I I even think they should have given her more, more space to, like, do her thing. Um, and, like, Caitlin, this musical... Is still running in places like ten thousand shows. Yeah, I just—I know people think I'm unfair to like musical theater, but y'all, this is why. I mean, you are, but at the same time, it's fine that that's not your thing. Even someone like me who really enjoys musical theater can't hang with this movie. Hey, I loved Hairspray. I still love Hairspray. Hairspray's a great musical. It is. Those dogs agree yet again. <laughs> Me, me and the stray dogs out in Parkdale. <laughs> Got a connection. <laughs> Friends, if you are feeling masochistic, if for some reason you're like, Jordan Cater being way too rough on this, let me check it out. That's on Netflix. It's just sitting on Netflix. It's one of the few. We warned you. We have we have done our best to try and inform you it's not like, to do this to yourself. That's what's left of the non-Netflix produced movie offering still on the service because everybody else took their toys back and all, all Netflix has left. The only thing they have left that they haven't made themselves is cats. <laughs> uh, see, and I think they know that, like, it, that's a bad decision. Because <laughs> ain't nobody. <laughs> Peacock didn't want cats back. Like, nobody, nobody was. Well, we've got cats. Mm, you can keep that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We that's good. We don't need that back. Keep paying us to keep keep paying us to have cats on your <laughs> streaming service. The only way that thing's going to make any money, friends. If you watch it and you're feeling more gracious than Kate and I are, Twitter.com/slash/GeekDownPod. Let us know. And with that, we exit November Crapathon. Mm-hmm. It's a good year for crap, I think. Aside from this, yeah. but other than this, it was pretty pretty good year for Crapathon. Pretty good, pretty good. What that means next. When we next record, it will be December officially. So someone should hopefully be off her bullshit <laughs> in this festive content, I should hope. You got it planned out yet? Yeah, you always have it planned out. You always take a survey of the landscape. Uh, yeah, I'm working on it. Oh, you know, I forgot what we have to do first. Before we do, before we do anything, we have to check Andy McDowell's IMDb and then we'll Already did. Oh. Already did. <laughs> Already on it. I know, I know exactly which like romantic comedy we're gonna watch. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, there are quite a few new Christmas offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's gonna be, unless there's something you know you're raring to give me, I think we're just gonna it's gonna be all new stuff for Christmas. 
Listen, just let me watch that one with Mila Kunis and Baranski. That's all, that's all I want. I need some Baranski this holiday season. We might have to do a double feature then because there's a <laughs> lot to get through this Christmas. They're really cranking out these Christmas movies now. Friends, you know, and, and you know, you know, we love them. Give me your banal formulaic garbage. I just want it. Show me, show me some clearly filmed in an Atlanta soundstage win- winter landscapes. Let me see people sweating because it's July <laughs> and they're wearing like the heaviest coat. <sighs> Is the Hudge not in one of these this year? Not this year, oh my but God. we got something better. What? We've got Lindsay Lohan. We do have, are we going with the Lohan? Go we're with going lo- with the Lohan. <laughs> you stupid. You buffoon. Of course we're going with the Lohan. God, get on the same page. <laughs> well, I don't know if that'll be next week or if we'll make you uh, hold out for it. But either way, friends, festive season is here. Get into it. We'll be getting into it next week. Friends, thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us next week for a fabulous Christmassy Geekdown podcast. Never been more in the mood to do a podcast than I am at this moment. <laughs> I think definitely one tag a year from now should just be me like gagging and throwing up, <laughs> just hurling into the bucket just beside give a me. Slight, slight pause here, listeners. We got to give Kate a moment to vom- <laughs> vomit into her pod bucket. <laughs>